0: hello and welcome to the dulcimer gig podcast i think we should probably kick this off by saying we're not dead yet (laughs) we haven't been around uh for a bit everyone we've all had schedules that have been crazy busy and the reason for the affected uh english accent is because we're in england Ooh, and one of us has a very high voice today (laughs) we should it's No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Dan Landrum, and that's Aaron O'Rourke. Yep. And the person that you're hearing, say hello, but try not to use that silly accent.
1: I'll do my best. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
0: So that's Amanda Boyd that you're hearing. And we're sitting at a table in a place called The Granary. Uh, that's an artist residence
2: near, what town are we near? Where, um, it, it was, isn't this Clay Hill Arts Center? Oh, it isn't is. So it's the called? building they call yeah. it the Granary. That's right.
1: Near Bridgewater in Somerset. Yeah. In Bridgewater near Somerset.
0: That's right. She said it's so nice. We say it twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thrice. We'll say it thrice.
0: <laughs> so we are here uh, for the Halsey Manor Dulcimer. Workshops—they don't really call it a festival so much, but uh, well, we've got a lot to talk about. That some of it might not all be all that interesting to just regular Dulcimer Geek listeners. Assuming we still have those, because it's been a few months since we did a podcast.
1: But Uh, I think what what we might um, attract is um, an audience of people who um, might want to get into table skittles. And uh, uh, singing and dancing the hokey-cokey. Yeah, yeah. boy, we've so got it. So when one door shuts, wow. another
2: opens, doesn't it? So culturally, it, it's been really interesting for me. There, there's been a bit of a learning curve. Um, uh, I've done I've already done a few mountain dulcimer workshops here, and uh, there's one word that's that's been of great concern uh, to me throughout uh, the process of teaching and meeting people, and that is the word "quite." Yeah, so tell um, us what you've learned. Well, so in in America, and any listeners that uh, that disagree, please tell me I'm wrong, but my understanding is we always use the word quite as an amplifier to mean very, um, or something like that one. Something is quite good. It's very good. And... That's not how you people use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Amanda. <laughs>
1: well, we we tend to use it uh, to make something a little bit less than what uh, it could potentially be. So if I said that's quite good, I mean it's it's good, but it's, it's not that
2: good. <laughs> so so if, yeah, if
0: you said to me, "Did you sleep well?" and, yeah. I, said, and I said, "Quite." I would be telling you, I had an excellent night of sleep. No. But you would hear that as... it's like,
1: less. It's, it's not a diminutive. Quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So o- quite over,
2: good. Over here, quite means not quite. Yeah. Yeah. That makes
0: no sense at all.
2: <laughs> well, it was... Uh, uh, although there so were, how did this come up? Like well, this, anyway, in workshops, I always, I always try and tell a group, like, oh yeah, quite good, quite good. And I wanted them to know, I was giving them a compliment. Um. Yeah, it it just freaked me out. <laughs> and then
1: you were told that in England, we don't. Oh yeah, well, I was told.
2: Really... Yeah, at Strode College, um, working with a group of students, one fellow uh, informed me there are no compliments in England. <laughs> 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 Only jokes. So I, I brought England its first compliment. It was, you did it was your pioneer, Aaron. yeah. A historic moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's set
0: the scene for, for people who are still confused as to anything we're talking about. We, Aaron O'Rourke and I, and also Sarah Morgan, is, mm-hmm. we're gonna, she'll join us, and Karen Alley at mm-hmm. Halsey Manor this afternoon, as a matter of fact. this By the way, we're, we're doing this on Monday, what is today? 21st of, of May. May is when we're recording this. We've been here for a week. And the main event that's coming up is this thing at Halsey Manor, pronounced Halsey, but spelled H-A-L-S-W-A-Y. Who knows why that is? (laughs) (laughs) So that's coming up. But prior to that, Amanda Boyd, who's with us, booked a series of gigs for me and for Aaron to play with her, celebrating the music of Cecil Sharp. So...
1: Yeah. yeah it's coming up to the centenary of the sort of end of the, his song collecting in the Appalachians 1916 16 to 18 and to mark that I really wanted to do something I've been working with the Somerset song collection for many years and I wanted to celebrate that um and we met a couple of years ago at Holsey Manor mm-hmm. when you were teaching there we've kept in touch and um yeah and and, and you know we've recruited Aaron and um the rest is merry merry Merriness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of merriness. No compliments, but very merry yes. people. Yes. <laughs> Lots of merry insults.
1: Oh, no, yeah.
0: no insults. And so, in this past week, we've had so many interesting experiences and fun things that happened. We yeah. played with a choir. We met a French choir. We had a dance last night. Uh, we uh, got uh, Dominique, who speaks no English, American or otherwise, to say, Hey, Mama, can I have some more biscuits? (laughs) Which which took a while to get him to that point. And then he still wasn't sure what he said and asked someone to find out if we were making him say something dirty. (laughs) Did you
1: you leave him hanging or did you tell him? No, 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 we told him. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) So that was great pretty sure the caller last night thought I was French, because he made it Yeah, he, I think it was just because I kept responding to everything with "we." Right. Um, and so at one point he says, yeah, he doesn't speak a word of English, but oh, did you, <laughs> so, yeah, he, he said, said that, that to Aaron. he said that to me, oh, and every you? time he would say something in French, he would look at me. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just went with it. Well, you look French. I mean, you don't
0: have a collar on your shirt, need to shave.
2: Yeah, so we've gotten really into stereotypes (laughs) (laughs) We're learning all new ones, it's so exciting Welcome to the
1: Stereotype Festival here (laughs) now
0: So, the caller was at a dance we went to last night And, wow, that was fun Uh, I guess one of the main things we learned from that is It's not the hokey pokey Yeah It's the hokey cokey The hokey cokey Yeah
1: Do you turn yourselves around in the hokey pokey? We do
0: we yeah. turn ourselves around. You guys turned yourself about or around? Uh, we turn ourselves hokey, about.
1: Excuse me, while well, I just do the hokey-cokey, and you turn yourselves around. That's what it's all about.
2: And that's, and that's how true. I,
1: yeah, you do that. Yeah, but then
2: they've got this chorus. Well, not, before you get to the chorus. Okay. I mean, even so, right hand in, right hand out, in, out, in, in out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't do that.
0: Well, that's just teach oh, people. Oh. Okay, just okay. Yeah. Stand up, stand up. You you know you need the exercise. <laughs> you put your left arm in, in left, left arm, arm. arm. So see, there's a break there. That's different. So that's a little different already. Okay. That's different. Oh, yeah. I think time We, to
2: think do we do also that. tend to the hokey pokey. We tend to start with our right arm. I that's think. right. Yeah, yeah. But that's they drive that's on optional. the wrong. That's well, optional. you drive on the wrong side yeah. of the road. No, I think it has something to do with I that. I <laughs> <it. That's laughs>
0: Driving that's on the it. other
1: side of the road is an optional. But putting your left or your well, we'll see. Because I'm about to rent a car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so You put your left arm in
1: Your left arm, arm out, out In, out, in, out You shake, shake it all about You do the, the hokey-cokey
0: hokey And you, you turn, turn around Turn around. That's what it's all about <coughs> No, I wasn't telling you oh, to turn sorry. around
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: But then, everyone grabs hands And like a, like a square dance You go to the center
1: Oh, oh, the okie, ho- okie! Oh, the okie, okey-cokey. okie!
2: Okie, okie, okie! Yeah.
1: Oh, the okie, okie! Knees bent, arms stretched, rah, rah, rah! Yes. <laughs> how would how can we describe this?
0: Yeah, you put your hands together and you lean them back and forth like they're in a stiff breeze. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Oh, there's so much to learn. Even people who drive on the wrong side of the road get annoyed by cyclists in spandex.
1: We weren't going to bring this up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we'll break for kittens. It's just amazing. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get back to music again. Cecil Sharp. Why do you pronounce it Cecil and not Cecil correctly?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to answer that. That's how I always retort it. Okay. Cecil. Cecil. We'd Cecil. say Cecil.
2: Mm.
1: There's no double E in Cecil.
0: Right, that's why we say Cecil. <laughs> All right, so anyway, tell us about <laughs> Cecil Sharp.
1: <laughs> so, Cecil Sharp, uh, Edwardian folk song collector. Um, and scholar collecting folk songs in Somerset um early twentieth century heard his heard a folk song being sung by a gardener in the uh, the vicar's garden in hambridge in Somerset and um the story sort of goes that he you know he really was inspired that actually if you know there must be more songs that people are singing um in the that they were taught by their ancestors um that perhaps um you know he felt that if he didn't carry on and start collecting, that these songs would become extinct. Hmm. So it's a really important piece of work because, um, you know, other influences were coming in at the time and it was old, the older generation, I think, mainly that he collected from in Somerset, from my understanding. And uh, and then he, he went to the Appalachians um, and collected there and found these similarities between songs and... Uh, similarities in content, but very very different in style and musicality. And again, it was inspired um, by, by all his work there. And so that's a very potted history of it, and I'm sure there are many people who know more than I do about Cecil Sharp. I've just got on with sort of learning songs the past ten years and trying to use them as many different ways as possible, working with archive film and going out and doing outreach work. Um, And, yeah, so for me, this is a dream come true, being able to collaborate with you both and and work on some songs, share some songs, and and then get a chance to learn some Appalachian versions.
2: That's cool.
0: (coughs) It's, uh... To say, so we went to America to collect songs. (laughs) There's a whole lot in that sentence.
1: Yeah, it wasn't easy
0: couldn't be easy do you know anything about that
1: well I've been reading his memoirs um and uh, you know you get a sense that they are for a start I think I don't know if he's like walking around in a tweed suit you know in the middle of summer that can't be easy in itself mm-hmm. um but you know just getting about from place to place long arduous walks and uh, you know it was it was physically demanding you know so that in itself. But then, as I read out the other night, you know, it sounds like some of the most um, rewarding experiences he has he had was when he was would just come upon a family and, and you know and they would invite him in and he would sit for a while up in t- into the evening and, and listen to them singing and people were very hospitable by the looks of it. So, yeah,
0: that's nice. Isn't that nice to think about that happening today? It Kind of happens today. I mean, that's sort of what this trip is about yes, yeah. in a way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole lot of trust, I mean, because Amanda didn't really know us. And
1: well, you didn't know, well, Aaron didn't know me at all, so I appreciate you.
2: Yeah, but we've known each other for a week, so we go way We're, back. Yeah, we go way <laughs> back now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a busy week. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've, we've had lunch in the park. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. we
1: partaken in an Elderflower Cordial. Uh-huh. In what was My, that? In Winehead, in, uh, in the park. And elderflower Cordial.
0: Hmm. No idea what that is.
1: It's like a syrupy drink made from yeah. the elderflower.
0: Oh yeah, Angie and I were walking across. We were walking up. What was that road? What was?
1: Oh, what in the old part of M- Minehead? Yeah, in the old part mm-hmm. of Minehead. Was it Keyside? Key Road or mm-hmm. something like that? Yeah.
0: Spelled Q U A Y. Yeah. It's interesting because they had a uh, restaurant on the shore called Key West, which I thought was cool. brilliant. It was in the western <laughs> part of Minehead. Yeah,
2: yeah that was. Uh... That was the day of the royal wedding, and oh, if, if you're right. Facebook friends uh, with Dan, just to uh, clear up any confusion, if you saw a picture um, <laughs> with what appeared to be the royal family, uh, that was actually just some teenagers wearing masks. We we saw Prince Harry run full on into, into a, a pole. pole. <laughs> 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 and that was our, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought... Those people will take a <laughs> selfie <Yeah>. with me. <laughs> so, I,
2: thought the, I thought the same thing immediately. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> let's go another. get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely
1: brilliant. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, we first saw uh, um, uh, what appeared to be Prince Harry chasing uh, Meghan Markle. <laughs> um, and then out of nowhere, uh, the Queen pops out <laughs> uh, wearing a backpack and all black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were quite nice. They were very nice. <laughs> yeah. They were nice, yeah. Could have gone either way. But, oh, well. I thought it was cool. I shook their hand without them wearing any gloves, too. You know, <sighs> yeah. <'cause>, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about the, the prep for coming over here. And Amanda mm-hmm. looked at, uh, we, we sort of all looked at Potential tunes. Any idea how many songs collected by the collectors? Cecil Sharp it doesn't I'm matter just if you don't know. Say many, uh,
1: many, quite a few, quite a few.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, we looked through those and just picked some songs. And the arrangement credits really need to go to Aaron. Aaron basically arranged all the songs that we put together, and and then we didn't. We recorded just scratch versions of those. Mm-hmm. Aaron and I figured figured them out and just recorded scratch versions and sent them to Amanda. Just and we we had Skype meetings. Yeah,
1: exactly. <clears throat> so every, I would sing the song, wouldn't I, to you? I would sing the song, record it, and then yeah, have those. Right. And then um, yeah,
0: to get an idea, and mm-hmm. you know who knows the. If any, no one could say these are the right or the wrong arrangements because they were our arrangements. Mm,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, m- my opinion with that is always that there's you know, with any given melody, there's there's many chordal possibilities, there's many harmonic possibilities, and th- that can all be right. Um, and I think it's uh, uh, it is kind of interesting, at least with um when you look at Irish music versus American music that came from similar influences, um, like in the fiddle tune repertoire, how in, in uh, American old time music, there's absolute consensus as to what, near absolute consensus. I shouldn't say, <laughs> I never speak in absolutes. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, but there's a lot of consensus as to what chords go with any given melody. And that's just not the case with Irish music, um, and uh, I think I had fun, you know, in in looking at these melodies, kind of thinking, you know, a, a little bit of uh, you, know, what you're maybe what you might be unlikely to hear. Like there's a few chord changes that you I think, are you're unlikely to hear in a strictly traditional uh, adaptation of some of these songs. I think.
0: Hmm.
2: But I might be wrong. <clears throat>
0: but yeah, but but it doesn't matter. I mean, because you get to arrange things the way you want to, and that's what yeah. folk music is all about, mm-hmm. which is what makes it cool. Yeah. So.
1: I think, yeah. um, you know, three people from um, different countries and coming together to, um, we might not necessarily always be aware of what our styles are. And I don't think I tend to spend a lot of time analyzing that and just sort of get on with it. But I'm sure there's something in that that makes this quite special that, you know, we've got our own um, nuances and personalities that are coming out through singing and the music. Yeah. So that's what's been fantastic for me to work with. Us too? Oh, well, of course. That's
0: cool. Well, and that's how uh, Amanda and I met at the Halsey Festival two years ago. Yeah. Was it? And I think we figured out, I don't know what song it was, it was a head oh, yeah, maid um, or something. What in was
1: it, it um, But the milkmaid? It was about it, the but... milkmaid, yeah. <clears throat> I can't recall it. I sh- Maybe by, uh, by the end I'll see if I can recall it yeah. from my memory. But...
0: And so we just figured, figured it out in a few minutes and yeah. did it for one of the performances yeah. at Halsey Manor. I'd be like, that would be fun. We had to do more of that. Yeah, exactly, and exactly. Amanda's someone who follows through and is very methodical, and you just put together an amazing good time for us here yeah yeah. excellent
1: my mum was giving me a really hard time last night saying that i hadn't given you any time off and that i was really working you too hard well
2: that's true (laughs) (laughs) you should listen to your mother Um, i wonder if that was just you know like the dry sense of sarcasm (laughs) (laughs) so
1: Oh, I know what it was. A fair maid did a milking go. Oh, a fair maid did a milking go. Oh, the winds, it blew high, and the winds, it blew low. And her pails, they went tinkling to and fro.
0: (laughs) And as you can guess, she met a dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As all of these. As all of these, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Sure enough. Oh, brilliant.
0: Yeah, the music's been fun. The people have been fun. This is apropos of nothing probably, but I thought it was interesting that the uh, the thing we went to last night called a Kaylee, it was a dance. Mm-hmm. The band, there was a band that played, and uh, their instrumentation was a keyboard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, was there a bass player? No. no there wasn't a bass player. The keyboard was covering that. A drum set. Mm-hmm. Uh, a penny whistle. Yeah. Penny fiddle. whistle, fiddle... Guitar, occasionally. Oh, Yeah. And guitar occasionally, but there was a third person doing doing lead. Well, were there two whistles? There were two fiddles, I thought. It was two oh, fiddles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It kinda of went back and forth. And the first song that they played of the evening was Harvest Home, which mm-hmm. was I was surprised by that. Yeah. I don't know why. But I was like, oh, it just this seems very familiar. Often with new when I get a new Hammer Dulcimer student who really just wants to learn tunes that's one of the songs I start with Mm
2: -hmm.
0: for some reason I thought, well, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they ended with, uh, a a jig version of, what I would call simple gifts, but a lot of people know, know it as Lord of the dance. Right. But so I thought was really cool to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and we just, we knew almost all the music that they played in there. Yeah. Uh, during the set. If we'd had mm. our instruments, we probably would have played with oh. them. But we were busy dancing. dancing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah and yeah.
1: also you, um, you were in the kitchen. You look very, very good in a penny, by the way. On a penny? You look very good in, in, in a penny. In, in a pinch? In a penny.
0: Oh! An apron! An apron. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because we had to help.
1: Well, yeah, I put you guys down for some. <laughs> additional That's why chores. your mom was
0: like, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, so there's so many things to talk about yeah, that is. people might not find as interesting as we, we do.
2: But well, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so far, one of the highlights for me was um, we spent, uh, there were several occasions we went to uh, the pub um, after, uh, after, oh, yeah. after spending time with the choir. <laughs> and and after the, the first workshop, which was with mostly members of the that's choir, that's true, yeah. Um, uh, the the Lamb, the Lamb Inn, yeah. right? <clears throat> and uh, and we got introduced to some really, I thought, some just some really cool uh, pub games. Um, and the the first one was table skittles, which to me is like a sort of a hybrid between uh, the game badminton and bowling. Um, yeah, I guess that's the best way to describe not badminton. it. badminton. You don't mean badminton. Yeah. I mean, where you hit the ball around the pole. Oh, yeah, not badminton. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. Um, tetherball. Tetherball, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Is that
1: the same as squash?
2: Yeah.
0: No, no. No, squash oh, is, is like yeah. racquetball without rackets.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, but I thought it was really cool while we were playing that that, uh, that someone came up and was like, Oh. <laughs> you like that. All right. Well, You're let's really go gonna the, like what, this what we call the back alley, <laughs> and uh, and there was a, um, a real there was a skittles. What would you call that? A skitty a skittles, skittle alley. Skittle alley. Um, alley. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Where uh, we, that suddenly turned into uh, thr- hurling a stone ball down an alley <laughs> to knock down nine uh, wooden pins in a diamond shape and while drinking some local beer. And that just yeah. felt really special. It was so, great. Yeah. And then
0: what the uh, pin sticker you had to have someone had to stay back at the back of oh, the alley. Right. Was oh, just yeah. one alley.
1: That could a, a sticker upper. <laughs> sticker. Yeah, sticker upper. A sticker upper.
0: There's someone who has to stay back there and then set the pins yeah, back up or move work. the fallen mm-hmm. pins off and then put the stones back on this track so that they roll back up yeah. back to where you are at the beginning. Yeah. And we heard stories which I thought were fascinating about how kids that were good sticker uppers you know they yeah. normally get like a, a a shilling you know probably at the time for being back there but then if they were good they'd get a tip they'd get a mm. tenner or a fiber or whatever they call it at the end so that was fun
1: and then uh, what about the one you learned about the other day don't oh, oh yeah. I can
0: say it shove Shove Did I get it right that time? Yeah, that'll do.
1: Yeah. Shove-a-p-ney. Shove-a-p-ney.
0: Yeah. Hey-p-ney. Hey-p-ney. Yeah. Shove apenny. Shove Yeah. Uh-huh. Shove It's a haypenny. You shove a haypenny. Yeah.
1: yeah. Shove Yeah. I've never actually played that one.
0: Well, we're pros. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did it for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's just the thing. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? You know the game we play where you make a triangle and you...
2: Like paper football. Like paper football
0: and you try to bump it. Yeah. No. So this is kind of like that. Except you're trying to get it in between certain lines. And, and, and th- there's money on it. And
2: there's money on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you're using coins. Yeah,
0: you know? a half penny,
2: yeah. which doesn't exist anymore. No, it, it
1: doesn't. Is.
2: No. I just, I thought it was so sweet that... Uh, um, they actually took the table skittles uh, table from the pub <laughs> uh, yeah, brought to it. the hall where we were mm. that night uh, after the concert. I just thought that was, that was super cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. So trivia, name a song, a Christmas song that has Hey Penny in it.
1: Can I have some time to look at these? No, I was just wondering if you knew that. If it was
0: common, I heard somebody sing it as an old English Christmas song. It was, mm. I don't remember even the tune, Christmas is a coming, the goose is getting fat. Oh, yeah. Please put, put a, a penny, penny in the old man's hat. hat. If you haven't got a penny, then a halfpenny penny. No,
1: would do. And something, something, God bless you. Then God you. bless you. Yeah. Yeah. you yeah. Know, oh, if you God haven't God got an apenny. penny. If you haven't got a halfpenny penny, then God bless you. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Excellent. I
0: remember that from years back. But I didn't know what a halfpenny was. <laughs> until hey, was penny. Half <laughs> penny. <laughs>
2: Right. So I
1: think uh, what I've really enjoyed as well is just, <laughs> well, uh, obviously you've got to see the A39 and the, a certain section of the motorway very well, <coughs> but it's been, really enjoyed just driving you around to get a sense of the sort of terrain and landscape that Sharp would have collected songs in, and you know, we've been playing and working in some of the villages
0: that... Yeah, talk a bit know. about Somerset, the, uh, what are some of the characteristics of Somerset?
1: So Somerset is in the southwest of um, England, and um, where we are, we're sort of um, adjacent to the Bristol Channel. And you've got um, valleys, and we've got moors. We've got um, we've got Exmoor Quantocks. We've got the Somerset Moors, which is a flat area of land where um, it's very marshy, and the industries were peat and willow. And we've got little hamlets, um, little thatched cottage villages. Um, and, yeah, we've still got some oak trees, which is fantastic. I um, just imagine, you know, sort of sitting under a little oak tree and singing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, actually, the water looked quite blue yesterday, didn't it, Aaron, when we yeah. came through the, along the Bristol Channel?
2: Yeah, it looked very brown the first time. <laughs> <on> the <side. laughs> yes, I was yeah. quite
1: surprised to see blue sea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just to imbibe all of that as well, really, um, it, you know, some of the roads are a bit like ro- riding a roller coaster around here. Uh, they're quite narrow, up and downy.
0: Lots of hedges.
1: Lots of and a backup hedge.
0: Yeah.
2: Backup hedges. Hedges have hedges here.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Just in case, you know, a view pops out. You <laughs> want a hedge there. Got to protect it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. protected view shed. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's called. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know if yeah.
1: you actually looked, because you may have just had your head in your hands the whole time, fear of my driving. So no. I don't know if you actually got to see anything out the window. No, it was me it
0: praying crossed. for cyclists. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, it crossed my mind a few times that um, with a thatched roof uh, cottage in view, that uh, hearing my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard was like a, a multicultural win. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't a lot of Dulcimer music played in the car.
1: (laughs) That's what I was just thinking about the other day, actually. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk talk, uh, a couple of things, also, I want to hit. Uh, The choirs. There was a French choir here. Uh, Most of them didn't speak English, and that was fun. Uh, Really cool song selection. Yeah, they it did, was, yeah
1: to yeah. look more medieval sort of things. I think, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Well, part of it, they
0: had the the quartet. I think there yeah. was a Renaissance quartet that you know came out of that. So they had just the cross cultural experience of you know hearing the the French choir singing African tunes and yeah. the hearing you guys sing "Good Day Sunshine," you know, yeah. as, as well as the, we did. Uh, we didn't mention this at all. We did a couple of Malcolm. Dogwash pieces uh, for the future for the future and uh, some of solstice and those were those were fun not just quite fun they were really fun yeah really yeah, fun fantastic. to do with the choir and uh, Stella what's Stella's last name Moore. Yeah. Stella Moore the choir director does a fantastic job with what I wish we had more of in the United States it's a community choir and it's a a true community choir and the she's in it's the Axbridge,
1: Axbridge, yeah
0: Axbridge choir but there were people in it from other communities yeah, around yeah absolutely who came in the first night and so i'm relating this i, I don't know i have any signal mountain uh people who listen to the dulcimer geek podcast but angie and i are involved in our little town of trying to save an old elementary school that's been and is in the process of being turned into a community center well the very one of the first places we played was the elementary school that you actually went to school yeah in, right? that's right yeah. yeah well
1: I really really wanted that to happen because I wanted you to see uh, that because it's a Victorian little building hmm. and that it's you know it's used um, we didn't just knock it down yet hopefully never but you know we we, we use it and um a lot a lot we were yeah. looking
0: at the schedule mm. it's just booked all the time and the community use and what was it some of the rooms were like 10 pounds
2: to rent it for really an hour cheap, or something yeah, like that yeah yeah
1: uh, yeah and that's like with kitchen by the way
2: yeah yeah i thought it was uh thought it was kind of entertaining why you were sharing the story of trying to save a hundred year old building on the mountain and seeing these blank looks <laughs> yeah, we, by the yeah. way, that's really old to us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> you are trying to preserve modern architecture. <laughs> right. <coughs> Meanwhile, in the cathedral, we, we saw you know plaques and memorials that were erected in the 1600s. Yeah. Right next to, like finger paint. <laughs> yeah. Like Seriously, that.
0: it's just it's just amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've
0: posted a video if. Uh, if you can get on Facebook of the performance of the song Psalm of Solstice that was done in Saint
1: John's Church, Saint John's yeah. Church. that's mm. in
0: Axbridge. But it's but it's pretty cool. You get a, a chance to see inside that building as well. I know people people always talk about the acoustics of some place being great, but that was really kind of great in there. Mm. <laughs> that was amazing. For a
1: small town, to for a small town, down. and yeah. how
0: well
2: how well the sound carried yeah. inside this room yeah well i think i think we got a really good um demonstration in acoustics yesterday uh on the boat ride oh we, yeah. we got to spend an extra day with the choir just hanging out um and uh we took a a boat ride through bristol and every once in a while we would come to one of those bridges with the going through the stone the arch archways ones. and uh while everyone was singing you could hear i mean this just incredible change uh, in acoustics and reverb uh, going from the open air to underneath one of these tunnels. It was just like, mm. it came alive and uh, I've got some video of that. Yeah. Did, did you take any video? Well, you well? did too. Yeah, yeah. So you get some on your phone. I haven't.
0: Yeah. It, uh, <clears throat> I think that when you can hear here, so here's a theory. Mm-hmm. I don't mean this is a scientific theory. Here's an idea. Here's a, a statement of wonder how about that if we were going to go all socratic on us i wonder if our own pitch gets better that it's not just about hearing ourselves but it's hearing ourselves with a wider frequency range with all of the extra
2: echoes so you're saying our pitch gets better in terms of performance yeah well i mean if you take i mean a recording of uh, a singer that you know is going to be a little out of tune. You add some reverb to it. It's immediately more forgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think it's just performance. Yeah. No, I I know that. So
0: so there's the perspective of it because it feels more natural to us. But I think on top of that, I wonder if sometimes in monitors, when we're hearing ourselves... I've watched musicians who get nervous on stage and think what they need is more them and the monitors oh yeah and and i I think some of the problem with that is if in particular if they're hearing themselves back as a dry signal Uh i don't think it helps right now if they heard a wet version of themselves coming back it actually might help because it would add confidence but Mm. for the most part you know i mean the big bands the, the the, I don't know. How, I'm trying to not be mean to sound people, of which I am one, but we're often not set up to give a singer what they really need. Right, and what the singer really thinks they need is more of them <laughs> in the monitors, <laughs> which just makes the mix worse yeah. for everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, having having uh, when you were warbling in under the uh, car park yesterday, we came oh, to so the pretty. conclusion that all concerts should be done in an underground car park.
0: Yeah. That was Aaron and I. Actually, we were really good singers in a we were, giant thought, empty so. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. parking space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought
1: there was an opera. Somebody training for their opera. Isn't that funny? He sounded really good.
0: When I mean, you usually just say, "Stop that, Dan." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, off from here today, we're getting uh, we're. Jeffrey Reeve Black, who you've heard all of us mention before, who originally... Jeffrey was involved in starting the Halsey Festival. Or, it's not really a festival, just an Mm -hmm. event at Halsey Mm -hmm. Manor. Which we should mention, if anybody wants to look it up again, it's H-A-L-S-W-A-Y. I don't remember what the date of it is, I think it's 1400s or 1500s or something.
1: It's pretty old, isn't it? Yeah. It's a
0: manor with... uh, with grotesques at the top and yeah, it's
1: beautiful grounds, beautiful
0: grounds and a maypole out front. Yeah. That we'll probably do. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's
1: dance around that.
0: Remember how horrible, horribly we mangled the maypole. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It took them a week to uh, (laughs) to get the (laughs) knots (laughs) out
0: That wasn't so great, but it was great. It was actually a lot of fun. But anyway, Jeffrey Reeve Black, uh, we'll, we'll meet up with him today and Mm -hmm. he's headed back to, uh, the Halsey Manor again this year. So we're all sad His wife is suffering from an illness, and black, who is just so much fun to be around. It's not going to be able to be there this year. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, like, again, I'm, on a, I'm an emotional fool and getting more so as I get older. But going to dulcimer festivals, there are parts that are not fun, but the part that is absolutely the best part in life is seeing people, you know, that you met and you've seen them at these things year after year, and they begin to feel like family occasions. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. And that's what this feels like.
2: Mm. So.
1: Well, I think, you know, talking about impact, I think uh, you got, you've just sort of got on with it, but I think, you know, I've been watching people's reactions very closely, and I don't think we can underestimate the impact you've had on people this week. You know, this is so, they would never get, when would they ever get the chance to hang out with Appalachian musicians, learn the dulcimer, you Know, look, see how some people never even seen the dulcimers before. Yeah. I mean, that we take that for granted that because we see them all the time or whatever, but this has been so new and inspiring for people. I mean, one such person is Daniel Shaw from Strode College, who is just buzzing and works with no budget. Um, and, and is running, you know, teaching students young, what were they, 18 to or 16 to 18 years, yeah. I think. Um, uh, and he wants to. And he's already bought some little dulcimers um, and wants to go out in the community and teach primary school t- children. So there are thousands of primary school te- uh, primary school children that have never met a dulcimer yet, but because of but they you coming yeah. over and doing that, they will now. It will be on their radar and everything. So
0: well, let's, a couple of things, Aaron, You talk to him a bit about that. What about what he's trying to establish?
2: Yeah, not not at any. In- in any real depth but we we made plans to stay in touch and i just said i'm i'm absolutely happy to uh to help facilitate um um anything i can do from a distance and furnish you know any materials that will help these students be able to go out and take the Mount dulcimer you know to these other classrooms teaching younger kids um but uh but i think that we we also have to um say a big thank you to uh uh uh, to the people responsible for having, uh, these loner dulcimers. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, cause that, that mountain dulcimer workshop would never have happened <laughs> without, uh, th- those dulcimers yeah. uh, being borrowed. So that, yeah. you said that that came from the, uh, the nonsuch club. Yeah.
1: And Robin Clark, um, Jeff, they, they've been, um, making, uh, little dulcimers to, for this purpose mm-hmm. so we shipped them. um robin's up in wells and so we shipped 20 uh down to somerset to um f- they i mean they've created them for this very purpose really mm-hmm. um and so it's just it's just perfect it's been perfect so big thank you to to jeff and robin for for doing that you know all yeah. voluntary as mm-hmm. well you know just because they want to spread the dulcimer love
0: Spread the love. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's how it works, too. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about, what were there? Two two boxes. There were 15, 16. Uh, I had
1: 20. 20?
0: Yeah. Yeah, 20 mount balsamers, uh, and yeah. most of them fit in two boxes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. shipped them around. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, I had a fantastic roadie, my dad.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just could not do it without my family. Yeah.
0: Well, so, I mean, you can't predict, but... It wouldn't surprise me if twenty years from now somebody's saying, "I met Aaron O'Rourke. You know, I learned to play this thing in a class when I was sixteen or nine or whatever, and then you know Aaron came back and did a concert, and you helped spread the desire, the passion for doing this, and in the same way that the name that came up here was Jim Kuza. From people, if anyone had seen a hammer dulcimer, it was Jim Kuza." Uh, who was an American who came to the UK and started playing music at Renaissance festivals and just loved it here and then stayed. And so he helped spread it a little, spread the love of yeah. it just a little mm. bit. Yeah. But for the most part, just like in the United States, people had no idea yeah. about either instrument, right? I mean, yeah. well, I, I shouldn't speak for you. Were people familiar with the Mount Dulcimer?
2: Uh. I, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> they all laughed
0: when we said shite-hold. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. yeah, everyone's like, "Oh!" Yeah,
2: actually, there was you know when I described the, uh, the bum ditty rhythm, uh, oh, yeah. everyone kept it together <laughs> except for one woman. <laughs> that was the vicar. Yes. That was the vicar. <laughs>
0: The vicar with purple hair, which is even cooler. Right, yeah. 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 Clergy takes themselves less seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it seems. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, she thought, you know, know, 16, 17 year olds sitting there playing dulcimer, they all kept a straight face, and then (laughs) she's there just chuckling. Yeah.
0: Alright, uh, well, but, anything else we need to wrap up? We can't thank you enough, and I yeah. know it makes you uncomfortable Aww. when we do that. But yeah.
1: No, not at all. I'm, I'm not good at taking that, but I'll take that.
0: Yeah, that's why you're good at what you do, because you aren't hanging out waiting for people to say nice things about you. Okay. You're just actually doing, <laughs> and doing is good. No,
1: it's been fantastic. You're good Thanks at so. knowing
2: your way around. these
1: what, are, this just, building? Just,
2: uh, well, this building, <laughs> other buildings, these roads... These are all just compliments. <laughs> but no, uh, you made it so that really all we had to do was show up with our instruments. Well,
1: good. That's all. That's, not, yeah. I kind of yeah. wanted to feel to any of the other stuff. I wanted to make you as comfortable as possible. Oh, I guess
0: I need to tell the dulcimer story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this is important for people who fly. All right. So I've flown before. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that. I've taken dulcimers. I've done. I've shipped dulcimers. I would say that's the safest way. I've uh, flown in flight cases. I'd say that's probably the second safest way because you can still smash a flight case. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, I've had the, I've had the luxury of getting to do the big tour where there were people specifically hired to take care of instruments. That's the best and safest way, but we don't get that Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Uh, I've flown where you go with a small dulcimer and just put it in overhead. And that's great. Mm-hmm. as well because you feel safe but even in those cases I've had times where they go planes full you know and learned from that uh, that it's worth it to pay to be an early boarder or even if you didn't pay to be an early boarder to the plane and I'm getting to a point why this is important what I'm about to tell you I learned something new on this trip that you can pay extra even if you didn't pay for a business class or I don't even First class is that thing that I've seen when I walk through planes before. Oh,
1: well, we kind of get shepherded away. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: No, this is not for you. (laughs) You're a Dulce player? Definitely not. Matter of fact, on our flight over here, we had the best seats on the plane.
1: Oh, you did? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the ones right by the bathroom, so we didn't have to walk far. Exactly. (laughs) At the very back of the plane. So this time I brought a new instrument. It's a Masterworks 2020. Just a, it's a, grand piano just an amazing instrument but it's big it's very light so it was easy to carry it through the airports but my intention was to do the whole carry-on thing Uh, just because of the size of it trying to keep the expense down for the trip I was afraid it would get smashed if it just got stacked in with regular luggage in the plane so I uh,
2: this
0: was Atlanta right so Atlanta I did you know used what I've learned and I went and I talked to them early and got there early and we had, we'd super packed it, you know, but it was, I was carrying it through the airport. And she said, certainly, if you've, you know, flown with these before, we'll find a place for it. This was Virgin Atlantic. So here's where the mistake happened. Uh, she said, when it's time to board, come up here and we'll tell them to let you get on first. I thought, How cool. And then you, you can find a place for the instrument. I got on the plane, carried the instrument around. This particular Airbus, whatever it was, the coat closets are <laughs> trapezoidal shaped, basically. Which would be nice if the trapezoid was large enough. Right. But because they, they split it like into two, so they had an upper and a lower, there wasn't, they weren't deep enough. So the hammered dulcimer wasn't going to fit. We looked at all the possible overhead wasn't going to fit anywhere so i thought oh no now i've had the situation where even a small dulcimer i had to check it but what they let me do was stand there with it at at uh, plane side check you know where they carry it down the ramp and they were super careful and they let me talk to the guy to say look this is the top
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and they'd carry it down and put it in last mm-hmm. so that it went on top of the luggage well because i was on the plane here's the mistake they wouldn't let me get back off the plane, uh, so they took—I don't think I've told you this story here—and they took my dulcimer from me and would not let me get off the plane. So I didn't get to see what happened to it.
2: I know that it was still—it uh, um, was in the s- sitting there in the when, ramp. Yeah, when yeah. I when I boarded, because I, I remember seeing it and going, okay. That didn't make it on. Nope, <laughs> that didn't
0: make it on. And Angie, when she got on the plane, she said there was someone in the process of picking it up and dropping it. He said he was picking it up by the handle and dropping it to see what the weight of it was. <laughs> that was going to work. Oh, my,
1: oh my God. Oh, and you're just, sat there like, watching that. Well, I couldn't see it, but oh. she
0: saw it. She came on, she said, uh... <laughs> Did Angie say anything? Yeah, she person? she tried, but, you know, it didn't. she was shepherded onto the plane. So long story short, I didn't see it again. When we got off the plane, I expected it to be there. But when I got to the place where you know they give you your luggage back at that point, all they had there were strollers. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, all that stuff will come off of the belt mm-hmm. in baggage claim, which is about 27 miles from where we were You know, by the time you go through a big airport like right. like Heathrow. And it came down off the thing, and we opened it up, and... All of our padding and stuff looked like it was fine.
2: Yeah, and all and the strings were intact. Strings
0: were all there, and what you expect to break would be the bridges. Right. So I didn't go through the – I didn't even have the tools to cut away all the extra foam and support and stuff that we put to protect the top and the bridges. It wasn't fine. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until – it looked fine there, but it wasn't until we – there's a video of it on Facebook where we're like, mm-hmm. Aaron live videoed it while I was opening it. Uh. Anyway, it was smashed. And so it's cracked. Yeah. Brand new instrument. Cracked top. So now mm-hmm. we got to figure out what to do about that. And that's where we are in this story yeah. <laughs> at this point. Fortunately, it was still holding tune pretty well. It had a little problem in that particular mm-hmm. area. But long, I guess that's the, that's the whole story. If, if I had to do it again... See, that's, that's the problem. Uh, Amanda has been gracious to cart us around. But if I had that thing in a big hard case, a hammer dulcimer, big hammer dulcimer in a big hard case, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't uh, have fit in any of the vehicles.
1: No, no. Or you'd, you'd end up spending a lot of money having to hire a massive, I don't know, like a minibus or something. Yeah. around for, for, oh. So I don't know what...
2: I mean... Uh... If you could put the dulcimer inside the gig bag inside of a, a hard shell case, um, if there's anything like that. Oh, um, there is. And, I have one. But well, it's the, the problem
0: the hard shell case wouldn't fit well. In her here's car. the
2: thing um, if you're flying into an airport like Heathrow, um, there are, uh, I believe the company is Excess Baggage, where you can pay we a fee that. to uh, just, they have a locker. Yeah. And you can just keep the uh, the case there. So take the the hammer dulcimer out of the hard shell case, leave the hard shell case at excess baggage, uh, and it, it costs a fee, but it's not.
0: We need not to check on that major. and see how much that fee was. That's a good yeah. idea. Remember, we talked about that early on. Like maybe there was a way to do that, but mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. really. I'd never seen it. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably a good option if if you're considering doing something like this.
1: I think it's it kind of comes down to budget as well, doesn't it? And what what's available, what your funds are available to right. mm-hmm. to do that, um, you know, and all uh, well, that has to be taken into. But let's remember that next well. time.
0: That might be worth it because it, yeah. There's still the whole thing of just getting through the airport. But if you got to the airport and you just checked it, yeah, then doesn't mean you're not going to worry about it. But mm. it doesn't pay to worry about it, even when Angie told me that somebody had you know, drop the dulcimer, it was, was, was drop testing. And, you know, you have, what runs through your mind is, now, I'm about to get the privilege of being alive in 2018 and sit in a seat and fly across the ocean. Even if I'm sitting near the bathrooms, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I am flying to another country in six hours.
2: You know, not to rub it in your face, but... I was in the middle of the plane. Oh, hush. At an aisle seat. And there was no one sitting on the other side. Oh, it was beautiful. It was seven and a half hours of luxury. Oh, that makes me so mad. <laughs> Ours wasn't. But we so had a I'm good slightly time.
1: concerned that we're finishing this on a, a sad note of your dulcimer getting smashed.
2: Oh, that's why I added my bit, so that people Thanks. would be happy for me. And I just <laughs> yeah. mentioned it
1: again, so we need something. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, where, where in the world did folk music come from if it wasn't sad
0: stories?
1: <laughs> There's a song in it, isn't there? At least
0: no one died. <laughs> yet.
1: <Yeah.
2: laughs> right. Unless they're a cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're cyclists. Oh, that's funny. All right, so folks. Oh, wow, brilliant. Thanks. Well, and yeah. yeah. I'm already planning. I, I, I want to come back again and visit. But I, uh, you know, just anyone who else who's interested in coming over here, uh, be prepared for the Border Patrol. Um, <laughs> the, the, they do have. Very little uh, patience, and even with a language barrier. I think it's customs, not border control. So much. Well, it we, said UK we, border in big letters. Oh, it did? Okay. But yeah, well, we didn't was, climb was, in over a wall or anything. It was, passport, anything. <laughs> it was yeah. passport control, I think is what they called it. Maybe yeah. next but, time uh, I should
0: just row in on my dulcimer.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think my guy would have liked that very much. He's <laughs> like, what brings you to the UK? Uh since I didn't have my dulcimer with me, I decided not to say a dulcimer festival because then I thought that would just take more explaining. So I just said, visiting a friend. uh, And he goes, who's your friend? Amanda Boyd. What she do? Or no, I'm sorry. What she doing here? And I, well, she lives here. He goes, just rolls his eyes. What she do? (laughs) Does she work? Does she go to school? What she do? (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of froze a little bit because I realized I don't know. I don't know what a man does. I don't know what to. It's (laughs) it's hard for people for us to say what it is we do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's like she's really into Cecil (laughs) Sharp. We we travel great
0: distances on our own dime <laughs> often.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic.
2: You yeah. made
1: it. Brilliant.
2: Yep.